Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not much for statistics, but every once in a while one comes along that I think deserves to be the statistic of the week. There wasn't any echo there. There wasn't any reverb there. That's a shame. Uh, The statistic of the week regards the closing down of Google's attempt to do a Facebook. He He tried to do a Facebook. It was called Google Plus, in case you've never heard of it. You're not alone. Quote, the consumer version of Google Plus currently has low usage and engagement. This is according to a Google spokesperson explaining why they had to shut it down. Here's the stat. 90% of Google Plus user sessions are less than five seconds. I smell bots. Mmm. The smell of a good bot in the morning. And for all of those of you who still think we're number one, we're not number one. Who's got the most powerful passport on earth? That's a measure of how many of the world's travel destinations, 227 of them, can be accessed without a visa or with a visa upon arrival. We're number five. Japan is first. You can get to 190 countries with a Japanese passport. Close behind Singapore, 189. Germany, France, and South Korea tied for third with 188. Denmark, Finland, Italy, Sweden, Norway... Recognize who's always in the top five or near the top in the world in all these measurements. That's right, the Scandies. Plus Spain, number four. And um, U.S., U.K., Austria, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, and Portugal tied for number five. Which means we're not number one, is the way I read it. Your mileage may vary. And now, I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, sir. Yeah. Microplastics. Think about it. Will you think about it? Yes, I will. Enough said. I'll think about it too. As soon as I've shared this with you, exports of plastic waste from the United States to developing countries have surged. Surges work, don't they? following China's crackdown on foreign waste imports. This according to new research reported in The Guardian. Nearly half of plastic waste exported from U.S., us, for recycling in the first six months of this year, got shipped to Thailand, Malaysia, and Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. According to uh, analysis of U.S. Census Bureau data, by unearthed, that's the executive, uh, sorry, the ex- investigative arm of Greenpeace. Previous year, U.S. sent more than 70% to China and Hong Kong. But China this year banned foreign waste imports. They were previously the world's biggest importer of plastic waste for recycling. The U.S., along with Britain, Germany, Japan, and Mexico, they're decimating us, is among the biggest exporters of scrap plastic to China, or have been. The U.S. is exploiting developing countries where there's no regulatory framework to, to ensure plastic waste is processed in an environmentally friendly way. That's how smart we are. Instead of taking responsibility for their own waste, U.S. companies are exploiting developing countries that lack the regulation to protect themselves, said the Ocean's campaign director for Greenpeace. The waste, some of which consists of household recycling produced 
right here in the U.S. We are making something in the U.S.A. Includes single-use plastic bottles, plastic bags, and food wrappings. It can, however, also contain toxic materials, but they're good for you. The uh, U.S. exports of plastic waste to Thailand shot up by almost 2,000% this year. To uh, Malaysia, rose by 273%. Vietnam, 46%. We sent 91,000 metric tons to Malaysia. Do they thank us? Exports to Turkey and South Korea also rose significantly in the same period. Reports suggest countries in Southeast Asia are struggling to process and manage the tide of plastic waste. Thailand. June, a pilot whale died with 80 plastic bags in its stomach. It was a cocaine smuggler whale, but... Uh, Local media there report that Thai government officials are considering a ban on all waste imports following irregularities found in recycling plants. In May, Vietnam temporarily banned plastic waste imports after two of its ports became overwhelmed with the scrap. Two months later, Malaysia revoked permits for some plastic imports after factories involved in recycling in a community southwest of Kuala Lumpur were forced to close amid residents' complaints of air and water pollution. More. Sure, from National Geographic, Andreas Fath decided to conduct a survey to see what contaminants were looking in the Tennessee River. He conducted a lab analysis on the samples with the University of Georgia River Basin Center and a host of other conservation and nature groups. The team revealed this week just how much human activities are impeding the river, including a high abundance of microplastics. They've been widely documented, as you know, in ocean marine environments, lasting for hundreds of years, hard to spot, hard to clean up, dangerous to marine life. Rivers are known to contribute to the ocean plastic pollution crisis, sweeping plastic litter out to sea, but few studies here have looked at the presence of microplastics in rivers themselves. Fath found that in some parts of the Tennessee River, microplastics range from 16,000 to 18,000 particles per cubic meter. I don't know how big that is. Do you? When Fath conducted similar chemical tests on Germany's Rhine River, only 200 particles per cubic meter. Says the, uh, this is probably because of the less developed recycling and waste infrastructure in the U.S. compared to much of Europe. In addition to microplastics, Fath found traces of pharmaceutical waste. That's good for you. Come on. Uh, Though this was at lower levels than in the Rhine. The Tennessee River is an incredible part of the U.S., says the VP of Conservation and Education at the Tennessee Aquarium. It's almost like an underwater rainforest. Biodiversity report prepared for the National Fish and Wildlife Federation a couple years ago documented high numbers of fish, crawfish, and mussels endemic only to the Tennessee River. And new research into the extent of plastic pollution in the U.K., carried out by a team including scientists from the Natural History Museum, have found that, or has found, that 28% of fish living in the Thames estuary have ingested microplastics. The Thames, they are a changing. Hello, welcome to the show.
from the edge of America, from the home of the homeless, Santa Monica, California. I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show. We had rain in Santa Monica yesterday in October, like heavy rain. I know that's really fascinating to those of you um, in Florida and elsewhere impacted by uh, Michael. But usually it's hot and sunny and dry in Southern California this time of year. I want to go a little deeper into the weather. What? But I have it. Insists. Okay. All right. We have a caller on the newsmaker line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see, find out who it is. Hello, you're on the you're on the air. Hello, this is Donald Trump. What? Calling from the White House. Wait, wait, wait. And uh, you may remember I used to call in. Uh, yes. During the campaign a couple of years. A couple of years ago, ago. And then it sure. stopped because uh, really it's a loser show. And, well. But. Uh, but you've been talking I'm, to a lot uh, of. I picked up a. A lot of people. Yeah, I picked up uh, my uh, personal contacts. With the press, I've uh, this had week, the press especially. conference with yeah. Olivia, the woman from uh, New York Magazine. Olivia I've Nutsi, called yeah. in the Fox a bunch this week. Mm-hmm. I'm on 60 Minutes tonight. Oh, congratulations. And I'm uh, going down the list here mm-hmm. and, of course, got to the end and, uh, and your loser program. So how, how, how are you? I'm, <laughs> thank you for asking. No, I'm it's fine. all right. And uh, you're doing a lot of rallies as yeah. well. Well, I have to. This is campaign season, sure, and we've right. got to get the uh, angry mob prevented from taking power because they're going to destroy everything. They, they want crime. I don't understand these people. Well, the they dem- want crime. Yeah. They want aliens mm-hmm. of all sorts. Really? And uh, they, they don't want law. Wow. You know, they, they, are these people who are walking around saying we got to get rid of ice. Uh, right. What, how, how are you going to keep your drink cold? I mean, it's nuts. It is nuts. Yeah. You, speaking of which, you had a, also a very uh, a widely viewed televised meeting with, uh, among other people, Kanye West this week. We invited the cameras in. We knew mm-hmm. it was going to be interesting. Yeah. Of course, Kanye's a, 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 a person who's oh, a, a very deep thinker. You know, Kim, his mm-hmm. wife, said yeah. he's a genius. Yes. And the, the, maybe that wasn't the bright place for his genius. I thought it was the perfect place for his genius really? because he's got so many ideas clicking mm-hmm. away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, that's what I relate to. I don't see black, white, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just see a guy like me mm-hmm. who starts riffing and all of a sudden things come off the top of his head. You go, wait, I never heard that before. Right. So, yes, he's my brother. I love him. He came over and hugged me. He I called s- himself, you know, they, all the all the media got upset because he used a, a, a profane word. I've heard worse words in the Oval Office come out of my mouth. I'm sure you have. Now, but, you also had a rally this week yeah. in uh, Ohio, among other places. Yeah. Um, I love Ohio. Right after you met with Kanye and you said you thought that... Uh, his influence was going to help you win the African-American vote. I believe that, too. And then too. you went to Ohio yeah. and praised uh, Robert E. Lee, yes. who was a major, maybe he was a head of the uh, Confederate Army. He was a wonderful general. Everybody uh, agrees to that. Well. And, you know, I, I, as I say, I don't see black, white. I don't see north, south. Mm. You got you to gotta call them as you see them. It's balls and strikes. And, you, and if, you're the, if you're calling balls and strikes, you don't say, oh, that ball came from the south. Wow. It's not the way this country should be and that people keep saying he's trying to divide the country we're right. trying to unite the country yeah. i'm i'm the biggest uniter you've ever met in your life huh. the least racist person you've ever met in your life the mm. most honest person you've ever met in your life wow. and a lot of people say oh he couldn't have been that good a general because he lost the war right i'm going to tell you i can tell you this there's a lot of great generals in vietnam mm-hmm. and iraq mm-hmm. and afghanistan 
and we're not winning there. Mm. But we're winning everywhere else. I, I think you've noticed this, that there is a terrific amount of winning going on. Well, just in the NFL, half the teams every week are winning. Well, you see, you bring up the NFL. Mm-hmm. The ratings are up, and the, the, the going down to the knee is down. Wow. It, you know, you have to connect the dots sometimes. Mm-hmm. But listen, uh, yeah. uh, Sarah is telling me, and Bill Shine is the wonderful communications team mm-hmm. I have, telling me that they said... A time limit on this call, okay. and it because you know they're at the bottom of the list, right? And so uh, I gotta go, go to another rally tonight. My people, my people love me, mm-hmm. and the rallies. I you know just you just think if everybody could see, it. but you know not, not even Fox is carrying the rallies anymore, no, which I know. is okay, yeah. Because uh, uh, you know if they looked, they'd see that the the rap, my rallies do a lot better in the ratings mm-hmm. than the, even Tucker or mm-hmm. Lara or my friend Sean. Yeah, I mean Sean knows, will tell you this. That he he'd rather sit there and watch my rally than do his show. How, I, anyway, listen. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank it's you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Maybe another couple of years we'll get to the bottom of the list again. Great. Bye bye. Thanks. On the newsmaker line, <laughs> I forgot even to, to chuckle at the mention of <laughs> President Trump. And now, this is your brain on the war on drugs. Any questions? Well, as a matter of fact, yeah. What happened to the evidence? Boston Globe reporting. The state, that's the Massachusetts state, Massachusetts highest court this week, vacated thousands of drug convictions based on drug tests conducted at a state crime lab in Amherst, Massachusetts. It's a sweeping ruling that condemned misconduct by a rogue state chemist and two former prosecutors. That's called teamwork. The court ordered the dismissal of every case that involved meth drug evidence during the nine years that former state chemist Sonia Farrakh worked at the lab and every case analyzed at the lab from 2009 until her arrest four years later. She pleaded guilty way back in 2014 to tampering with evidence, sentenced to 18 months in jail for that. Of course, the people who were convicted on her tampered evidence served a lot more time than that. In April, prosecutors across the state agreed to dismiss all cases she had analyzed herself, about 11,000 at all, said it was unnecessary to vacate any more. But lawyers with the state's public defender's office argued her unrestricted access to the crime lab meant that all analyses should be considered tainted. That means an estimated 8,000 additional convictions. We conclude her widespread evidence tampering has compromised the integrity of thousands of drug convictions, apart from those the Commonwealth has agreed should be vacated and dismissed wrote the unanimous court. Between Farrakh and Annie Dukin, another former state chemist who tampered with drug samples in a now-closed lab in Jamaica Plain, prosecutors have thrown out nearly 40,000 drug convictions. As I say, the people affected by the decision have already served their sentences, but they still face the collateral consequences of a drug conviction, such as difficulties in finding housing and employment. Farrakh testified to a grand jury in 2004. She began stealing from the lab's meth standard, pure meth oil used in chemical tests to compare with evidence. Over the next few years, she exhausted the lab's supply of meth standard and moved on to other drugs, including cocaine. That's probably where those uh, plastic bags in the whale were headed. Ketamine and LSD. Her drug use spiraled out of control at the beginning of 2009, the court said. By the time she was arrested, she was smoking crack multiple times a day, stealing from police-submitted samples and manipulating computer databases to access other chemists' samples. Two former prosecutors 
who worked under uh, then-Attorney General Martha Coakley, aided the uh, fraud upon the court, said according to the uh, judge, by withholding evidence about the scope of her drug use. The uh, two former prosecutors now work at other state government agencies. It's like the church. Yeah, you did bad. Go here. Prosecutors says the court were duty-bound to investigate and disclose her wrongdoing. That constituted prosecutorial misconduct. They don't have that anymore, do they? This is your brain on the war on drugs, newly, newly emboldened by the very same President Trump. And now, news of smart houses. Very, very, very smart house. The uh, Register, which is a tech journal in England, reports another vendor of an Internet of Things device for your home, make it smarter, has been found to be exposing their products to attackers thanks to basic security lapses. It's Chinese surveillance camera maker Zhang Mai. Named by researchers with SEC Consult for the Persecurity in the XMI P2P cloud service. Among the problems researchers pointed to were exposed default credentials and unsigned firmware updates that could be delivered by the service. Anybody could jam in and uh, change your firmware. Ouch. As a result, SEC Consult warns the cameras could be compromised to do everything from spy on their owners to carry out botnet instructions. I love a good botnet in the morning. And even to serve as an entry point for larger network intrusions. Our recommendation is to stop using Zhang Mai and Zhang Mai devices altogether, the company recommended. Zhang Mai has a bad security track record, including its role in various IoT botnets, such as the Mirai thing that uh, shut down a lot of services a couple of Novembers ago. There are vulnerabilities that have been published in 2017, which are still not fixed in the most recent firmware version. The service allows users to remotely connect to devices via either a web browser or a uh, phone app and control the hardware without needing a local network connection. But uh, problems involve unencrypted connections and default passwords. Owners are not required to change the passwords when setting up the device. So accessing and compromising the camera could be a cinch. Well, that's what the Internet of Things is all about, making making more cinches. Don't you think? Now, cinch this. Some news of the godly for your listening pleasure. A public inquiry has found that nuns, priests, and staff at two Scottish children's homes subjected children to regimes of fear, physical, and sexual abuse for many decades. In its first interim report, the Scottish Child Abuse Inquiry found that boys and girls housed in two Catholic residential homes in Lanarkshire were systematically starved of love, dignity, and compassion, the three Ds. The uh, commission's chair said many children at Smillam Park and Bellevue House, run by the Daughters of Charity of St. Vincent de Paul, were abused by the adults charged with their care. For many children... The homes were places of fear, coercive control, threat, excessive discipline, and emotional, physical, and sexual abuse, she said. For some children, whereas being, being hit was a normal aspect of daily life, she added. At least uh, 16 former members of staff at Smillam Park, mostly women, including several nuns, were arrested by 
Scottish police and charged over alleged abuse. Smith also upheld allegations from some residents. They were systematically sexually abused by priests. At least they had a system. A trainee, priest, nuns, and lay members of staff. Some were preyed on by pedophiles who took them from Smilham to another Daughters of Charity, a home at St. Vincent's. There were also problematic sexual behavior by other children, she said. One child died age six after contracting E. coli from a rat. He had been malnourished and received a severe beating from his sister not long before his death. There's your charity right there. Pope Francis this week accepted the resignation of Cardinal Donald Wuerl, the embattled Archbishop of Washington, D.C., one of the church's most powerful Americans. But his high praise for Wuerl in the wake of two clergy sexual abuse allegations, scandals, angered some abuse survivors. He's the most prominent American Catholic to step down since the abuse scandal reignited this summer. But Francis has asked him to remain as the Archdiocese Apostolic Administrator, an interim manager, until a successor is named. So he's not stepping that far down yet. And in a letter, the Pope praised Wuerl for his nobility in handling the criticism against him. He wrote, Wuerl has sufficient elements to justify his actions and distinguish between what it means to cover up crimes or not deal with problems and to commit some mistakes. However, your nobility has led you not to choose this way of defense of this, I'm proud, and thank you. He will remain a cardinal, so he's not stepping down from that. He's still part of the powerful College of Cardinals, and it's one of only ten American cardinals who could choose the next pope. I say let the Ravens do it, and not the football team. A former priest who became a licensed social worker in Ohio, Ashtabula Township, Ashtabula Township, he got me on the go, lost his job last month at Community Counseling Center after a Pittsburgh TV station identified him as a former priest listed among accused clerics in that Pennsylvania grand jury report on abuse in the church. William Yaki, who served as a priest at several parishes before leaving the priesthood in 1991 in the wake of child sex abuse allegations, later became a licensed social worker in Pennsylvania and Ohio. Last year began working at this counseling center where adults and children with mental illness and substance abuse problems are treated. It's like the Willie Sutton of the church, you know. Why'd he go there? That's where the children are. Retired priest Louis Briard died in Minnesota this week. The Archdiocese of Guam confirmed he had left the island decades ago and was named in dozens of sexual abuse lawsuits filed by former altar boys and Boy Scouts on Guam, where he served as a priest between 1948 and 1981. He was then sent to the Diocese of Duluth, where his authority to serve as a priest was revoked in 1985. He had admitted to sexually molesting and abusing children on Guam, couldn't remember how many, and he didn't remember their names. We pray for the soul of Father Briard, said the Archdiocese, as well as for all victims and survivors of child abuse in our church. And... Deadline Vatican City. The devil is alive and well and working overtime to undermine the Roman Catholic Church, says the Pope. He's so convinced Satan is to blame for the sexual abuse crisis and deep divisions racking the Church. He's asked Catholics around the world to recite a special prayer every day this month to beat back the devil. The Church must be saved from the attacks of the malign one. The great accuser 
and at the same time be made ever more aware of its guilt, its mistakes, and abuses committed in the present and the past, said Francis, the talking pope. Since he was elected in 2013, Francis has made clear he believes the devil to be real. In a document in April on holiness in the modern world, he mentioned the devil more than a dozen times. We should not think of the devil as a myth, a representation, a symbol, a figure of speech, or an idea. This mistake would lead us to let down our guard, to grow careless, and end up more vulnerable. A friend of mine believes similarly and uh, is even concerned about how the devil might be feeling these days about how he's looking.
Smalls in the house, and it's spooky. This is the show from Santa Monica, and now the award-winning news of the warm, won't you? No, don't even ask me. A Washington State University researcher has completed the most thorough analysis yet of the Great Drought. Did you know about this? It was the most devastating known drought of the last 800 years. And how it led to a global famine, a disaster that took 50 million lives. Not that long ago. She warns the Earth's current warming climate could make a similar drought even worse. Dipti Singh, assistant professor in the School of the Environment, used tree ring data, put a ring on it. Rainfall records and climate reconstructions to characterize the conditions leading up to this period of widespread crop failures in Africa, Asia, and Brazil from 1875 to 1878. Climate conditions that caused that arose from natural variability and their recurrence with hydrological impacts intensified by global warming could again potentially undermine global food security, she and her colleagues wrote in the journal of climate. Polar bears likely survived past warm periods in the Arctic when sea ice cover was low by scavenging on the carcasses of stranded larged whales. Just for the plastic bags inside, probably. This food source sustained the bears when they were largely restricted to land, unable to roam the ice in search of seals to hunt. A new study led by the University of Washington found that although dead whales are still valuable sources of fat and protein for some polar bears, That won't be enough to sustain most bear populations in the future when the Arctic becomes ice-free in the summer. We, 
That's likely to occur by 2040 due to climate change. Results published in the journal Frontiers in Ecology and the Environment. If the rate of sea ice loss and warming continues unmitigated, what is going to happen to polar bear habitat will exceed anything documented over the last million years, says the lead author. This extremely rapid pace of change makes it almost impossible for us to use history to predict the future. Try the lady at the card table with the turban. At a press conference Monday in the German capital where the government was weighing in on the uh, findings of the uh, Climate Change Commission, the relevant ministers did not even attend. Environment Minister Center Deputy Jochen Flassbach, he's an internationally recognized negotiator and environmental expert. He did his best to sell Germany's climate policies. Almost 35% of the country's electricity is now sustainably sourced. Billions of euros have been allotted for the transition. German firms are global leaders in many green technologies. But German emission levels are once again on the rise. The current goal of reducing emissions 40% by two years from now is being neglected. Coal power production is too high, and so are auto emissions. So uh, the war on coal in Germany, coal is winning. We sometimes hear geoengineering can solve the uh, climate crisis. Relying on tree planting and alternative technological solutions like geoengineering will not make enough of a difference. We can't rely on geoengineering to meet the goals of the Paris Agreement, says a researcher from the Norwegian University of Science and Technology's Industrial Ecology Program, one of the lead authors of a recent article in Nature Communications that looked at different geoengineering projects in the context of limiting global warming. Intervening directly in the Earth's climate system to prevent temperatures from rising as much as would otherwise happen. That's uh, geoengineering, reducing atmospheric CO2 levels or reducing the effect of the sun. Several techniques could help to limit climate change, but they're still untested, uncertain, and risky technologies that present a lot of ethical and practical feasibility problems, say the authors. We just don't know enough about these technologies and the consequences of putting them to use the researchers say. Carbon emissions from uh, the El Nino forest fires of 2015 and 2016 could be up to four times greater than thought, according to a study of 25,000 square miles of forest in Brazilian Amazonia. New research published in a special edition of the journal Philosophical Transactions of the Royal Society B has revealed that the aftermath of those forest fires in the Amazon resulted in CO2 emissions three to four times greater than comparable estimates from existing global fire emissions databases. Get the hoses out next time. And more and more breweries are investing in practices that save energy and reduce greenhouse gases. Will it pay off? A study by Indiana University researchers suggests it may. Drawing on survey research, they found that a majority of U.S. beer drinkers would be willing to pay more for beer produced with sustainable practices. On average, they would pay about $1.30 more per six-pack. Here was one such response. I still like beer. More than half of all beer consumers are willing to absorb those extra costs, according to the researchers. And speaking of Bart Kavanaugh, as I call him, because that's what uh, his friend Mark Judge called him in his uh, memoir, you know, he he, uh, worked hard at creating a fictional persona and then named him virtually the same name as his best friend, Brett Kavanaugh. Now Justice Kavanaugh, um, of course, took his seat on the Supreme Court this week, took his robe, put it on, did the thing. 
was sworn in, hasn't been sworn out yet, and uh, celebrated by commissioning a song for the upcoming holiday season. Or um, someone else did it, or not. I don't remember Christmas During my youthful years I recall some gifts Some laughter too I know I remember The beers I liked beers The guys and I would sing carols So loud it might cover the screams I don't remember Christmas Except for in my dreams I don't remember Christmas I know it sounds strange to say I never really fully blacked out But I browned out for much of the day Now everything's nice come New Year's My girls like beers So it seems I still like beer But I don't remember Christmas Except for in my dreams I'm wearing a robe this Christmas At home and on the job I'll have a beer at home while still be robed I still like beer Just to spite the mob I don't look forward to Christmas I'll be part of so many memes But I hope to remember this Christmas Cause I've stopped remembering 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Apologies of the Week. A Mississippi school district. The schools has apologized and a high school band director has been suspended after the band staged a halftime skit that depicted police being held at gunpoint. The controversial skit came as the Forest Hill High School band from Jackson performed during a football game against a rival to the south. It shocked many at the game at that uh, school, where just six days earlier, two police officers were killed in a shootout with a suspect. The episode has outraged people around the state, drew criticism from Mississippi's governor, who called it unacceptable. Jackson Public Schools has a great deal of respect and appreciation for our law enforcement partners, said the superintendent, Eric L. Green. The band's performance does not depict the values and people in our community. It was incredibly insensitive to the students, families, law enforcement officials, and the entire community. For this, we sincerely apologize to all, and we pledge to do better in the future. He said the skit was inspired by John Q., a movie starring Denzel Washington, in which a father holds staff at a hospital hostage to get a heart transplant for his dying son. He didn't explain what the movie has to do with football or the school community. I guess he liked the movie. Speaking of movies, Arnold Schwarzenegger, in an interview with Men's Health, says, uh, well, there were allegations against multiple women against him that came up in 2003 when he was running for office. Six women claimed he groped them, according to the L.A. Times, the allegations spending, spanning three decades. During campaign speech that year, he apologized for behaving badly at times, although insisted that a lot of the stuff in the story is not true. In the new interview, Schwarzenegger further apologizes for his past behavior towards women, says he's learned from the mis- mistakes. Looking back, I stepped over the line several times. I was the first one to say sorry. I feel bad about it, and I apologize. When I became governor, I wanted to make sure that no one, including me, ever makes this mistake. That's why we took sexual harassment courses, to have a clear understanding from a legal point of view of what is accepted and what is not, also from a regular behavior point of view. Both points of view. Yale Security, the lock people, their British branch, says it's working to restore service after some unplanned maintenance turned into a total outage of the smartphone app customers use to control their home alarms. Lockmaker said it was working through the night into Friday morning to address the bug that has left its users unable to use the app. We're very sorry, but whilst working to fix the app, we've experienced an unforeseen issue. The app is now temporarily unavailable. Yale said we can only apologize for the inconvenience this is causing our customers. Yeah. Liel says users can still control their alarms through the keypad units. Some customers are reporting not being able to turn their alarms on or off. Sorry for being so smart. Dayline Washington CNN reporter Caitlin Collins is the latest to apologize for stuff that she did in high school. See, Bart, it's not that hard. She apologized for past tweets that surfaced in which she used homophobic language. When I was in college, oh, sorry, this is college. I used ignorant language in a few tweets to my friends who was immature, but it doesn't represent the way I feel at all. I regret it and I apologize. Her apology came after screen grabs of two tweets she apparently sent way back in 2011. 
and they began to circulate on social media. In one tweet, she wrote, Prologue to Canterbury tales, you F. In another, she writes that she doesn't know if she wants to, quote, room with a lesbian. Better a room with a view, right? She joined CNN last year. Before that, she worked at the conservative Daily Caller. And uh, Dayline, Stafford County, West Virginia. Close to 100 people packed the public school's board meeting this week to discuss a controversy involving the treatment of a local transgender student. Uh, According to an LGBTQ rights group, a transgender middle school girl was forced to sit alone on some bleachers at her school as other students in her physical education class participated in a lockdown safety drill. The group said the other boys and girls entered the respective locker rooms of their gender as the teachers debated as to what they should do with the transgender student. That's just a drill. Stafford County School Superintendent Dr. Scott Kisner apologized for the incident during the school board meeting. We did not live up to my unwavering expectation that every child and adult, regardless of race, religion, color, disability, gender, or sexual orientation, is treated with respect and dignity, he said. He said he didn't believe the teachers at the unidentified school purposely acted in a malicious manner. He added he didn't believe they were given clear directions as to how to handle such a situation during a lockdown drill. He soon expects the school district to review its policies so a similar incident doesn't happen again. Apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Copyrighted feature of this broadcast. All the days, all the nights, all the beautiful betweens, all those moments full of life, they were there to take so freely. There was a time she recalled Life felt beautiful And still just until She grew tall And then nothing felt so easy For she As she trips and tumbles Oh God Watch her as she falls from grace again Oh God Every time she thinks She worked it out She falls on her face And she wouldn't know a diamond She held it in her hand And she missed the chance of happiness She danced alone on stony ground That's so she And so you see She's afraid and she's immune 
every good thing had to end Like a name drawn in the sand Special till the time comes clearly She said it scares me Oh God Watch her as she trips and tumbles Oh God Watch her as she falls from grace again Oh God Every time she thinks she's worked it out She falls on her face And she wouldn't know a diamond If she held it in her hand And she missed the chance of happiness She danced alone on stony ground That's Now, just briefly, some news of the Olympic movement. Anti-Olympic campaign group No Calgary Olympics say the city should not host the 2026 Winter and Olympic and Paralympic Games because it's not clear how much hosting would cost. The group said details of the full cost overrun coverage and cost sharing with other levels of government have not been made available far enough in advance of a vote they're going to have in Calgary on it next month. Scheduled for November 13th. Calgary 2026 Chief Executive Mary Moran says she felt they've shared more information than most jurisdictions have in the past. No Calgary Olympics say a lack of a partner funding agreement and the clarity of cost overruns should stop the bid. Last month, the committee released their proposals for the Games. They said hosting would cost $4 billion, including $2.3 billion of city, province, and federal funding. But... A city council document was then leaked which suggested the figure could, in fact, be higher because of the potential costs associated with building an athlete's village. Oh, we forgot to mention that. The athletes have to stay here. Deadline Buenos Aires, several measures have cut the cost of staging the 2020 Tokyo Olympics by $4.3 billion. Organizers are determined to save more money in the next two years, according to the CEO Toshiro Muto. He said the IO, he told the IOC efforts were being made to reduce the budget further through a series of initiatives linked with the IOC's Agenda 2020, dropping the cost of the Olympics to make the Games an attractive proposal for potential host cities in the future. The Games' budget spiraled dangerously out of control a few years after Japan was awarded the event way back in 2013. Tokyo's overall budget after several revisions now stands at $12.6 billion. 5.6 of that is the organizing committee's budget for staging the games. Savings are being made by holding shorter test events, cutting lease periods, and in construction costs. Ooh, don't stand under that. The Olympics is a movement we all need one every day.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, I created and performed the show for you today. I'll do it again next week. Same time on these radio stations and whenever you want it on your audio device of choice. And it'll be just like Kanye West visiting the Oval Office every week. If you'd agree to join with me then, would you already? Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, not in exile, and Hawaii desks. Thanks, as always, to Pam Halstead and to Jenny Lawson at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's program. The email address for this, which uh, you can use, almost nobody does. Your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts. Some people do that. And uh, you can check on the playlist for the music you hear here. All at harryshearer.com. And oh, me. <laughs> Thank you for asking. I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from the home of the homeless.